1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. A T and T.
2: We went from normal life healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance.
5: Dope, dope, dope.
4: Ah, ah, ah. We wait on reparations. Hurry, up, huh, we hurry, reparations. hurry up, hurry
6: up. We wait reparations. Hurry up, hurry up.
4: My head is spinning around like a merry goat. Tell 'em yakin sounding like Chikira on the karaoke. But it's not that jack and cherry coke. It's the kerosene aerosol, dropping canaries cold. Another brother Marty was barely grown. Mama sobbing like the bottom. Octave of a baritone. Watching as a on The cop says that his anger have been flaring up the blocks. The so, egg, you better prepare yourself. We keep a monitor past the binoculars, dropping periscope. We sending in Leslie, nope, one of the auspices of Robin Hood. We got no other option. Take a portion of the pot and distribute it to the burial. Marching it Congress, Congress. Get all across Yo. America.
6: Pay homage to the god of the rhyme Shoot you motherfucking rappers like it's clobbering time Black version of Optimus Prime But my product design Served the last person with a soldering iron I'm leaving y'all intertwined and you caught in a bind This mad topics to find though And I'm on the grind Till the cheers fade away and it's time to retire I'm the pain in the ass you hoping we're dying of fire Your shit is make-believe And what I'm busting son I play for keeps You bums or nothing but a bunch of motherfucking waste of beats I'm a beast on stage Or on a vacant street step in a cypher. And they bowl with that Jamaican speed I knock them down Shake peers with a lot of style Box a out, Giving you faker tears than crocodiles And you crack smoking I'm only half choking I'm Bane You the bat poking Get your back broken Dope Ay. Hey. My name's Dope Knife I'm
4: Lingua Franca And we
6: are waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations Hurry up And we are back again For another episode How are you doing?
4: I'm fine <laughs>
6: <laughs> only five I'm
4: just tripping cause like so earlier today I saw my psychiatrist on the little on the cause zoom on you know skype or whatever mm-hmm. and I was just talking about you know the upcoming wave of evictions and the waning of the protests and the uh, unemployment benefits running out and congress Not giving a shit enough about working people to like pass anything to help us, and he was like, "Well, do you think your medication is working?" And I'm like, "Does it fucking sound like it?" (laughs) You hear the tone in my voice as I describe the horror with which I am surveying the world, and it's just this interesting moment where he was like, "Yeah, you're right. Um, Guess there's nothing really I can do to help you." I was just because the world is a fucking housecape.
6: Well, so, yeah. No, I mean, have
4: a good day. That'll be two hundred and fifty bucks. You're welcome.
6: <laughs> it's ridiculous that it's like the first thing that he would think to say is, "Do you want some drugs?" <laughs> or are you taking your drugs? <laughs>
4: taking your drugs. So the drugs are against. Like, do you? What the fuck do you think?
6: Nah, I, I feel you though. Like, um, for real, I got hit by like a wave of depression like a few days ago, where I was just down like for two days straight, and it was just because you know normally, since you know. We, you know the whole deal is like when you make music independently and when you when you're like an independent artist you're always thinking like two or three steps ahead if you're smart you know what I mean you are think you're thinking about what you're going to be doing you know five months from now and it's just like with everything going on it's just been it's been hard to have that sort of vision like and envisioning like the future like mm-hmm. that so it was just putting me down but um then I had to start working on the episode, and that kind of brought me up, so here we are. Here we
4: are, yeah. Um, oh, you know what else did happen? Yeah, so um, earlier this week, uh, the police department here in Athens released the results of their internal investigation about their conduct the night of May 31st, which was the big march that I led, and then a bunch of my friends got tear gassed and shot with less lethal munitions and So what were their findings? The fuck you... What do you think they fucking found?
6: I'm assuming they didn't do anything wrong, according to them. We
4: (laughs) investigated ourselves and found we did no wrongdoing. And it's so funny because, like, at first they didn't admit that they used, like, beanbag rounds. And now they admit they did. They claimed that, like, protesters were hiding, like, bricks in their tents that they were going to fucking throw at the cops. And now they admit that no bricks were found on the folks they arrested. And it's like they're admitting to all these lies in this report that's supposed to absolve of any wrongdoing because they con- conducted because they conducted a thorough investigation I mean like uh,
6: does, uh, it doesn't even make sense that they that anyone do an investigation on themselves like that it's like have you ever have you ever read the comic book Watchmen
4: no
6: you haven't or there's like well, a- who
4: watches the Watchmen is like yeah that's like the, yeah, that's yeah, like the yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly who the watches the film, Watchmen? Okay, the fucking film oh
6: well yeah I mean you know, yeah
4: gonna- but who watches the Watchmen I mean like it's it's on some street level shit of like nobody snitch.
6: Mm-hmm, exactly, but I mean
4: that's just how it is. It's
6: just like any sort of like gang or organized group where everyone's looking out for each other and no one's gonna. They they look at everybody else as being the outsiders, and they look at themselves as being like you know the the inner circle, and yeah. they don't deviate outside that quote unquote family. So to yeah,
4: speak. first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. They don't fucking say shit to nobody. To turn in their own under any circumstances What does that sound like to you?
6: Sounds like a fucking gang to me Gang, 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 gang
4: That brings us to our topic of today
6: Before we get on that, let me uh, give a shout out to the homie Juan Cosby out of Cincinnati, Ohio He's the one who's providing the beats for today That's Juan Cosby at Juan Cosby on um, Instagram So go check him out and holler at him for some beats Because uh, he's got some fire All right
4: yeah, I think when you look at the history and then of policing and look at the history of gangs, there's so many parallels and moments of intersection uh, that kind of spring up. And so...
6: I mean, at this point, it's almost like, a you know, we say it all the time, and that's what this episode is about. But at this point, it's kind of even a cliche, the comparison of police to gangs, because it's like something that everybody pretty much accepts to this point, especially the way yeah, that Yeah, and when
4: I talk about parallels, I'm not talking about like a linkage between like police budgets and like crime rates because naturally that has not been found to exist but rather the way the parallels like culture and culture and the way they operate yeah
6: and to touch on that we're going to be talking with (laughs) hip-hop and spoken word artist propaganda who's the co-host and host respectively of the behind the police and hood politics podcast but um how did we end up here like how did we end up with what we have as a centralized police force in America. Policing in the United States mirrored the development of policing in England. One informal form it took was referred to as watch or private for profit policing.
4: Yeah, so the watch system was made up of like community volunteers with the main duty of warning incoming danger. So between like uh, like 1636 and 1700, Um, A similar night watch was created in Boston, New York, and Philadelphia.
6: Now, the night watch wasn't really that effective at controlling crime because for the most part, those guys were drinking and falling asleep while they were on duty.
4: And most volunteers were trying to avoid military service and were drafted into service by their town or were performing watch duties as punishment.
6: Another system was the constable system, official law enforcement officers. They were paid a fee for warrants they served. Constables had a bunch of non-law enforcement jobs as well, including land surveyors and weights and measure inspectors.
4: And then in the South, policing had its roots in slave patrols or squads of white volunteers given the green light to enforce laws related to slavery, capturing and returning escaped slaves, quelling slave rebellions, and enforcing plantation rules with harsh and often sadistic punishments. The first slave patrol was in modern-day South Carolina in 1704 and they had three primary functions to chase down, apprehend, and return slaves to their owners, to provide a form of organized terror to deter slave revolts, and to maintain a form of discipline for slave workers who were subject to plantation justice outside of the law if they violated any plantation rules. After the Civil War, these vigilante groups merged into modern southern police departments, mainly as a way of controlling freed former slaves who were now working in the agricultural caste system enforcing a set of racist government policies called the Black Codes designed to deny free black people equal rights and access to the political system. The codes also restricted traveling and housing. In 1868, the Black Codes were rendered illegal by the 14th Amendment, but within 20 years, Jim Crow segregation laws got around that and were adopted across the South. And enforcement of those laws was put in the hands of, guess fucking who? The police! That's the sound of the police! that's that's the sound of the beast! In the 1830s is when the idea of a centralized municipal police department first emerged in the United States. And it's really funny because i got gotten arguments with people on Instagram about this. Because on 4th of July, I posted about the fact that, you know, we're celebrating this holiday about the founding of our country. And in 1776, the police as we know it did not exist in America. And for the majority of human history, indeed... Policing as an institution, as the centralized municipal police department that, you know, emerged in the 1830s, did not exist throughout human society. And so when we talk about abolition, etc., we're really talking about, in a sense, getting back to our roots of, like, other forms of accountability and other forms of um, uh, security and public safety through, like, community-based, like... You know, not just seeing your neighbors, not no not sorry, not just watching your neighbors, but like seeing them for who they are and, and
6: understanding like, them, understanding
4: and, them, yeah. And so, um,
6: I mean, does, I feel like that's what a lot of this moment and what's going on is about. Is about like completely changing people's whole way of looking at stuff. Yeah, you know, more so than just necessarily reforming an institution. You know, yeah,
4: no, I think I think the idea of like. Even, you know, defunding the police or police abolition Requires us to stop outsourcing all of our problems to the state It asks a lot more of us as private citizens To, you know, be alert and like surveying the conditions on our street Not just for crime to occur But crime prevention strategies yeah. And making sure our neighbors have everything they need I mean we could talk about expanding the quote unquote Welfare state as a way to deter crime But ultimately I do think it comes down to like Mutual aid and like Mutual accountability on a like, community level And like the responsibility that requires of us People are like I don't have to do all that shit I don't have to make sure my fucking neighbors got fucking Cheerios and fucking milk
6: <laughs> Well I mean the, the thing but, is like that. A, and this is I guess this is kind of where You know Not growing up here Kind of comes into perspective For me But it's just like I don't know how If you know That there are people Who are hungry Like how do you Walk around it, Like thinking That there shouldn't Or won't be crime Of some sort Yeah Like you think people Are just gonna like starve I mean yeah. I know It's all relative Like everybody's definition Of what they're But if you We all live this life In, in America Knowing That it's unfair and it it's unequal, and a lot of people have it harder than other people. The fuck you think that what, they're gonna exactly, do? Exactly. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? I'm not saying that that's right. I'm saying, what do you expect to happen? You know? Yeah,
4: so, I was helping organize folks um, as a part of the national uh, strike for Black Lives, where SCIU and Teamsters and the Poor People's Campaign and other um, allied organizations across the country were encouraging workers to wa- walk off the job, and how I was explaining, like, what it, this the rel What relevance this held for the moment that we're in is that economic justice is racial justice in a world without crimes of survival our reliance upon the institution of policing is greatly decreased some might even argue eliminated and so when we address those economic justice issues of people having those foundational needs met um so that they can thrive um through you know living wage employment, or through a strong social safety net that helps them gain um, and keep uh, meaningful employment, we won't have to we won't have to worry about you know homies down here fighting outside the homeless shelter. But anyway, I'm sorry I got a little bit off topic. <laughs> um, so police have only existed in America for like. A little, a little shy of 200 years. Yeah. Um, one reason that they first emerged was that cities were growing. And with the U.S. no longer being a collection of small cities and rural towns, with urbanization occurring at a pace that made the watch and constable systems no longer good enough to stop this disorder, they had to transition to something more centralized.
6: And we'll come back to that word disorder, but... The general disorder.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
6: (laughs) The general public disorder was more visible and less easily controlled in growing urban centers than it had been in rural areas. Increasing crime, invisible vice, you know, public drunkenness, and sometimes prostitution, mob violence, particularly violence directed at immigrants and African Americans, took place frequently. Um, But there is no evidence that there was like a crime wave back then that made them say, hey, we got to fucking start a centralized police force. Like, that's not really what was going on.
4: Yeah, I think the key word here is visible vice, because I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in a recent interview was talking about how what folks and this has been contested by abolitionists, but like was talking about how folks uh, need to think of defunding the police as advocating for black communities to be policed like white communities are. White communities where visible vice is not so much of an issue. People aren't drinking out on the street corner or standing out, you know, up by the stop sign, hooking because they're doing these things behind closed doors on private property where they're not seen. And thus it kind of keeps this image of public order.
6: Kentucky University criminologist Gary Potter, in his uh, paper, The History of Policing in the United States, stated, More than crime, modern police forces in the United States emerge as a response to, quote, disorder. What constitutes social and public order depends largely on who is defining those terms. And in the cities of the 19th century America, they were defined by mercantile interests, whose taxes and political influence supported the development of bureaucratic policing institutions. These economic interests had a greater interest in social control than crime control. Private and for-profit policing was too disorganized and too crime-specific in form to fulfill these needs. The emerging commercial elites needed a mechanism to ensure a stable and orderly workforce, a stable and orderly environment to conduct a business, and the maintenance of what they referred to as the collective good. These mercantile interests also wanted to divest themselves the cost of protecting their own enterprises, transferring those costs from the private sector to the state.
0: Go to nix.com. That's K-N-I-X dot com.
1: <clears> at <throat> connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show
6: Hey, so we got a special guest today. Oh, yes, we do. Who, who is that, Mariah? Do you want to introduce
4: We you? have Jason Emmanuel Petty, or known to the world as a propaganda. One
5: ounce of crack gains the same amount of jail time as 18 of cocaine, but ain't they the same thing? It's crooked. Uh, stay eating our own kind and muster up a scandal instead of celebrating shining.
4: A hip-hop and spoken word artist and poet from Los Angeles, California, and the co-host of Behind the Police and yep. Hood Politics. Prop, how are you today?
5: I'm all right, man. You know, you gave a full government though. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I didn't mean to put you on we blast. Can, we can edit it like, you know out saying? if you nah, want nah, us You can to leave some? it there. You feel me? <laughs> the feds is watching. You know what I'm talking
0: about? <laughs> I'm I know like we are don't talking about know. the police.
5: So. You feel me? <laughs> nah, we good. No, I'm good, man. We, uh, we um, on a personal note, are like, the house we're renting, we're looking into buying, So, Ooh. which is super dope, which means now I have an office. Uh, So I'm over here Like not recording In my bedroom With my like Daughter taking her nap Right on the other side (laughs) Of the wall You know what I'm saying Yeah
6: yeah. (laughs) So tell us
4: a little bit About yourself For folks that may not Be familiar with the work Yeah How Uh, how
5: would you describe yourself Man um, I'm a tall drink of water Nah uh, (laughs) I am South Central Los Angeles You know Born and bred in LA Moved around The cornucopia Los Angeles Um, I don't know how familiar The Listeners are, but like San Gabriel Valley, you know, Whittier, Long Beach. I've lived in pretty much all of it. I've lived in IE for a little bit. Um, my uh, mom's from DC, dad's from Texas. My father was a Black Panther. Uh, I fell in love with hip hop at in Mer Park in LA. And um, I went to college for illustration and intercultural studies, and then I oh, went shit. on to get a master's in social science. I taught history for six years. Um, and I was just a hardcore battle rapper the whole time, you know, and
6: then...
4: Uh, oh, shit.
5: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I fell in love with poetry in college, um, and... A lot of
6: similarities in our story, man. Right, right? Yeah, <laughs> right,
5: man, yeah. And, uh, and just kind of been like, you know, there was a moment where I had to make a decision as far as, like, was I going to continue in education, be a teacher, or, like, you know, those opportunities were arising. It's kind of a funny story. I don't, I know your, your, your listeners will appreciate it. Like, I was crew I was with was was uh we produced an album on KRS-One um and he was gonna take us on tour so I was like yo I'm out this job (laughs) the teacher's gonna take me on tour (laughs) this is my shot you know what I'm saying (laughs) and uh and it wasn't my shot but <laughs> but it was an amazing experience You know what I'm saying And I'll never forget it But either way That was like I, I left the classroom Around that time And then um, Yeah i kind of been doing music And poetry And sort of activism I come from an activist family Like I said My father was a Panther So I kind of came from that already And just kind of been doing that Ever since
4: So what, so what was his involvement With the Panthers Like was he an organizer Was he like Yeah you know, so Because I know they did A lot of different kinds of things For like Community did. Uplift
5: Yeah so Pops was a after school tutor and he was okay. doing like some of the uh, some of the 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 busing, the transfers, things. Um, my father was uh, at the the watch chapter, of Forty First and Central down here, the one that one of the CIA, bom- well the one that, one of the ones that the CIA. Bombed. The CIA. Bombed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was a part of he was a part of the uh, the after school tutoring. My dad, you know, after he came back from Vietnam, he was a um, went on to uh, to go to UCLA. And, Get his Afro studies degree in sociology. So my father was a very intelligent man. And um, so his big thing was like education's the way. So he that was that was that was where he participated the most, was in the the after school tutoring.
4: And how has like the, how have those activist roots influenced the way you move in the world?
5: Man, it's it's like it's hard to not see the need, and it's hard to not see, you know, sort of a a. A much more sort of intersectional kind of like a very just inclusive understanding of what, you know, interlocking systems of the justice look like, uh, mm-hmm. how to have advocacy across different borders and different lines um, because of, again, the way that like I was taught to even understand power and how you interface with power and how power uh, interfaces with with the population you know it was just because of that sort of like like i said like very well read activism that like my father had it's like mm-hmm. you just you you were able to see it every everywhere and then secondly just being from la like i was on the east side of south central i know it's a lot of directions but um <laughs> on the east side of south central it bordered the latino community so we we're we we're butting up a, a against um like the next street over was an area called Huntington park which, I mean, there's no signs in English in Huntington Park, you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I lived on this like borderlands to where I just, I understood the immigrant, the, you know, specifically the Mexican American immigrant um, experience um, and could just see so many like, I'm like, they, that's same shit. Like they doing that, you know what I'm saying? So it was just yeah. hard to yeah. not, it was hard to not notice it and realize that like a lot of our work, what we was doing, And what my father was doing for the black community was like, yo, like, y'all could do this too. Like, y'all need this too. You know what I'm saying? And um, Mm -hmm. so that, like, sort of intersectional understanding, I think, just kind of came from having that, like, activist, like, father. You know what I'm saying?
6: Are there any, like, areas where your hip-hop
5: and your activism, like, intersect? I mean, the whole time. Like, that's the funny part. Like, again, you know, I— the the wing of hip-hop I fell in love with, and I know and that's another similarity because I saw the songs y'all chose for this episode, is like, <laughs> you know, I grew up going to, you know, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with just like the LA rap scene as far as like, good life i know like good life yeah kind of yeah. Road. Yeah, so, no, I'm a- yeah i grew up going to that like i was too young so I, I was too young for the good life i snuck in i snuck in a few okay. times right but, but it was a health food cafe so it's like i mean so what
4: for people who might not know yeah. what that is what is what is the good life
5: so the good life was an was an open mic sort of like workshop that evolved into sort of this like battle scene but um you couldn't curse yeah it was very clean you couldn't curse because of uh sort of our 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 uh, kind of patriarch of that area like leimert park was the sort of like la's harlem so a lot of like activism old jazz like a lot of the 60s stuff it was right on crenshaw boulevard again which is like black renaissance areas of los angeles um so it was already a community that was like there our elders were activists our elders were like you know were these so if hip-hop was going to be born there it was gonna look like where we were born in. You know what I'm saying? That's so like Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah, and stuff. So these yeah. were like my heroes, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah, so Freestyle Fellowship like, I mean, I saw, you know, I saw, I saw, I, saw, I remember seeing Corrupt and Snoop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember seeing these guys come to these open mics. I remember people flying in. I the juice and supernatural battle. Like that was oh, at Oof. It was at blowed, you know what I'm saying? So like, oh, you know, shit. Yeah, 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 so we saw these things. I remember uh you know, at Unity, which was over in, on the American Mob Miracle Mile. I'm doing all these like LA deep cuts, but like uh <laughs> that's where when when M battled this guy named Otherwise, you know, for this yeah, for I, this I, event I, I that like Dre saw him at, like, and M lost. You know what I'm mean? saying? Like that yeah. particular battle he lost, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, uh the Rhyme Fest battles, like all these different like moments all these people were all already their hip-hop was already a, a act of protest so if that's sort of the 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 primordial soup that i kind of came from it was like i this is what i knew you know what i'm saying this is this is what i yeah. understood i you know we were in la but like the, like if you saw the good life documentary like we all weren't we all weren't g-funk like we all weren't we all came from Yeah, everybody gang. was there was there was a bunch yeah. of different flavors going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, man. we all came from gang hoods, but like we didn't all we weren't all gangsters, About you know that. what I mean? I'm yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that's kinda like that stuff really sang to me.
6: So transitioning, like, so you've been a hip hop artist and an activist for all these years. How did you get into the podcast game? Because you're the ho- you know, you're the co-host yeah. of the uh behind the police podcast and also you got the hood politics podcast so how'd you get into that
5: dude i so i started as i started doing music and you know and and the type of music i was doing i was getting a lot of like speaking opportunities Mm -hmm. um and then sort of you know i wrote a few op-eds for you know a couple couple outlets and people started saying yo you should do a podcast you do podcast podcast And, and at the time i was like man i'm about what, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. You know what I'm saying? And who's really going to tune in weekly? You feel me? And at the time, like, when it first started, I was like, well, I'm an artist. I don't have yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you have these, like, lofty ideas of not understanding, like, multiple streams of income and yeah, all this stuff. Really... And just what a what a broad, like, fully developed artist you could be. So, anyway, I got offered a show That me and my wife actually started doing. It was called the Red Couch Podcast, um, which was where it originally started. I was offered by this this magazine called Relevant. They were launching this, like, whole podcast network. They wanted me to be, like, the flagship. Um, And so they were the ones that were, like, you can write. You can do whatever you want. And, And I didn't. I was, like, I don't. Uh, <laughs> about what? You know what I'm saying? So, so, so me and my wife just kind of made up the podcast. You know what I'm saying? And then out of that grew hood politics. Because that hood politics at first was just a section in the broader. It was just one of the bits in Red Couch. You know what I'm saying? And then it yeah. kind of took its own life. and And was just people were tuning in just for the first 20 minutes of the show. You know, just for the re- just for the, the, the hood politics section, and then tuning out, and then other people were tuning in for the last forty because they just wanted to hear my wife talk because she's brilliant in her own right. You know, mm-hmm. actually in uh, more right, she's PhD in ed policy and social context is brilliant. Oh and shit, I'm shit. getting my PhD in language
4: and literacy
5: education. No, this is gonna be the hardest thing you can do in your life. Tell you right now. <laughs> I'm surprised it now. our marriage lasts. <laughs> no, totally yes. Yeah, no, I Yes. And she almost is funny. At the end of that, she almost didn't want to like go through the like the ceremony and like walking across the the stage. I was like, "Girl, I'm walking across. The, if you not go walk, across, I'm gonna walk off the walk stage." You not go walk across the stage? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like that was the hardest thing. I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so 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 it became like for me podcasting was just like this like creative uh way to get ideas out that I didn't have sort of like my identity so wrapped up into like I did with like my hip-hop my poetry mm-hmm. like so it was like this could just be I could just like the pressure was off you know what I'm saying because I just feel like I didn't I didn't this wasn't this wasn't the air I breathe and then it kind of like took on a life of its own and now it's like dude I, I really love like podcasting and then the behind the police thing was like legit just a DM. Like Oh, <laughs> word? Yes. I was following, you know, Robert oh, Evans' show. Really? That's yeah, crazy. His show is just, you know, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the show, show Behind the Bastards. I was oh, yeah. just Yeah, I was just a fan of it. And yeah. so I started following him and we started like chopping it up back and forth, cracking jokes. And then I did a show on the Panthers with him. Like he again direct messaged me like, hey, because he said he was working on one and I was like, Oh yeah, my dad was a Panther. So then he direct messaged me and was like Hey, you want to be on the show? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> well, let me. So I immediately like, called my pops to be like, Let me make sure I have like my timeline. I don't want to make a fool of myself on this thing. So, um, so we did the show. The show, like you know, the numbers were pretty good. And then he had later on had this idea about the behind the police thing, and was like, Hey, do you want to like call us with this, this with me? And it was legit, just a direct message. That's,
4: that's what's how up. It happened. That's good yeah. to know that like you can still like. That can happen to anyone. It could happen (laughs) to anyone. With the age of uh, social media, democratized information, democratized relationship making, like, it can happen to anybody. But, yeah, talk to us a little bit about um, some topics that come up on Hood Politics, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the highlights for you from being a part of Behind the Police.
5: Yeah, so Hood Politics is, it's based on a really basic premise of if, if you survived inner city in any city in America, if you understood gang life, you understand geopolitics. Hell, if you if you survived 8th grade, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand geopolitics because I honestly believe politics is just gang banging in nice suits. Like it's mm. it's the same. So what I wanted to do with this pod is take whether it's like hot takes from just like the, the current events or the current zeitgeist or it's like, you know, continual threads like, you know, whether it's America's like involvement in the Middle East or mm-hmm. what what the hell a Cold War is or how do you explain sanctions and tariffs and like all these things that, um, you know, are, are, are have its own language, have its own like, you know, vocabulary and stuff like that. And like people like you and me are oftentimes, especially if you ain't got no like, you know, suffixes at the end of your names, you ain't got no like degrees or nothing. You kind of feel like these people are like smarter than you. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you can't, like, I'm not welcome into this conversation. And what I wanted to do with this pod was be like, actually you understand this stuff very well. You know, you've been living it your whole, your whole life, especially from hood. So I say all that, for example, let's say we were talking about, let's just say we were talking about um, sanctions, right? Um, so China's, you know, trying I don't know if you remember, we was in the tariff war and so we was gonna sanction uh, China, China was gonna do this, yada, yada. Like we was going through all this stuff and somebody said, well, what the hell is a sanction? And I'm like, well, it kind of works like this. Let's just say, um, you Mariah are the plug mm-hmm. right so you got all the weight it's all in your hands right and um you know i don't know your little cousin Pookie right he live on the other side of town and he wants to sell your weight right well and so so Pookie over there with the Mariah with the Mariah weight right mm-hmm. but Pookie's neighborhood get to be like, wait, 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 hold up. We produce our own weight. You're not allowed to—we got our own plug over here. You can't just be selling—you can't just be selling to my neighborhood like this, right? And if you are, then, like, I'm—I'm I'm finna, like, I'm gonna you for this. Like, then I need 40—you need to run 40% back to this block if you finna sell over here, right? So at the end of the day, your cousin trying to sell your weed in his neighborhood— but his neighborhood not allowing him to sell unless he pays 40% is uh-huh. the You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that's like, so you know, that's you what already I'm saying, say. like, you know yeah. this stuff. You already know how this works. It's just new vocabulary. Right, they dress it it's up just, in
4: language that's you, unfamiliar, but the processes themselves are incredibly familiar. You already yeah. know it. Yeah. You already yeah. know
5: it, right? We all know a Kim Jong-un. Yeah. We all know one. We all know one. It's it's your little, it's, it's a little brother who's just mad that his big brother always gets to shine and you can't ever say nothing to him because he's he's always ready to scrap and if just and the way to handle that dude and you know he ain't gonna throw no punch he's not gonna really do anything He just talking a lot of shit He just yell yeah. all the time He just always talking shit so you just like yo the best way to deal with him is to be like okay it's your world big it's your world dog no nobody wanted with you you good you good can you just chill though right and then and then and in his his big brother, which would be South Korea, being like y'all can't don't rile this fool up <laughs> because I gotta go home. Yeah, with y'all ain't yeah. like there. And at some point, and at some point, if he does lose it, he gonna lose it on me. Guess who go yeah. get it first? He gonna lose it on me. So y'all need to chill. Like so, yeah, I had, so. So I had
6: a question. So it's it's funny that like you draw that comparison between geopolitics and hood politics and things. So do you see any? You know, people always talk about how the police are the biggest gang. There's Absolutely. a couple of songs that we're going to be talking about where, you know, people make reference to that. So, like, what's your opinion on, like, just that parallel or that analogy between, like, police and them just being another gang on the street like every other gang?
5: I mean, it couldn't be more accurate. Like, especially when you go into, like, the stuff, like, just the history of the yeah. police. I just don't know... I, I have no, I can't see any distinction from a historical perspective. And then also from my own experience, it's like, okay, if I'm gonna talk about just my own experience in inner city Los Angeles, if I turn down a particular street and I'm walking home with my new, like, you know, my new Jordans, new Air Force Ones, and I turn a corner coming home from school with a backpack, and i catch some boys in blue whether they crips or cops it don't make no difference right if i if they come around that corner one of them's going to flag me down like hey 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 homie where you going you know it's like oh here we go uh i'm going wh- 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 where you stay at where your, where your grandma stay what you doing on this street right um i'm just I, i'm just cutting through i look I, that's my my family bang this, stay from there, yada yada. They're like, oh, where were you from? You know what I'm saying? They start gonna ask me all these questions, mm-hmm. interrogations, and and my only way out of this is either I'm finna catch a fade, or I have to hand over equipment.
3: Mm-hmm. Right?
5: Mm-hmm. So I'm like, or I'm gonna be in trouble. I'm like, okay, that's that's street law. It's like, all right, this is what's finna happen. I'm finna, he finna run, I'm, he gonna run my backpack, he gonna run my shoes, or I have to be like, I'll die for this. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to answer. This dude, like, listen, I will die for my backpack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's stupid, but it's like that's those were the rules. So if I come around the corner and it's the cops, whoop, whoop. Hey, hey, sir, how you doing, young man? What are, you, what are you, what are you doing here? No, really, really. Can I see your ID? Where do you live? I'm like, it's the I'm having the same scenario. Where'd you get those shoes? Yeah, did you you steal them? Maybe somebody got them. And I'm like, what are you gonna ask me? Yeah. Like, no, my both my parents work, right? Okay, well. You seem to fit the description of someone that was causing trouble on this street. So I need to see what's in your backpack. What's this? And I'm like, it's the same scenario. You are finna go through my stuff. I'm about to get searched. And if I don't keep it cool, I'm finna catch a fade. So I'm like, I just don't. And... Y'all not gonna say nothing about each other, even if somebody is out of line, because it, right. I mean, there's exactly. no accountability. Yeah.
4: I mean, the thing I was there's thinking no about the difference is that the police police the gang supposedly, but nobody polices yeah. the police. Nobody policing them. Yeah.
5: Listen, listen. Man, my, on one of the episodes, I had my homeboy Bamboo. He's part of Soul Assassins. I don't even know if you from familiar? Yes, with him, but like yes, no
6: Yeah,
4: assassin.
5: so yeah, so Bamboo was talking about like, man, there are times that like. And I was asking him like if he had any like if you remember any of the little hotheads in his in his like in his hood that would get everybody in trouble. And he was like, "Yes, it was my own cousin, right?" <laughs> so like, you know, you all sitting you all sitting down you all sitting down like minding your own business, and then this fool starts mouthing off, which is basically which is basically what happened with with um, with us shooting Suleimani, yeah. right? Is like somebody started mouthing off, right? You know, and so he was like, yeah, that's what happened. Somebody starts mouthing off. The homeboy starts mouthing off. And then he turns back at you and he's like, hey, hey, we got beef with these fools. Like, yo, the enemy finna ride. And it's like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. We have beef? Who's (laughs) we? Who is (laughs) is we, fool? Like, you, you were the one that started stacking on this fool. Just like, you were, I'm sitting here eating a taco. You was banging on, homie. So now, but you know what? Am I going to say that in public? Hell no. I'm finna go ride. Like, because... That's my squad. And that's so, like... And, I and mean, police that's exactly have, that same, they have
6: that same exact mentality with exact mentality They have, have the there. same yeah. rules.
5: Even, even though you see a guy that you're like, this man is completely out of line. I mean, that's what we're watching in the news right now. We all know the killers of Breonna Taylor. We all know the killers of Joyce. Everybody there know they were out of line.
4: Right? Yeah.
5: Ain't nobody finna say nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it's hood yeah. shit. You're not gonna say nothing? I'm, I know because I wouldn't. If this was my hood... I'm not I mean, I'ma check him when we get yeah. home. You feel me? But I'm not finna check him in public.
6: And that's a I feel like cops don't really understand that like they would if if they would just check themselves, they probably Yo. would be given a lot more benefit of the doubt about stuff.
5: It would be so <laughs> much easier. <laughs> For the just on I, their on their behalf. Like this isn't like a, on their on Yes. Like, Bro, like if, when I think about if, if like... if they were to come the, up with oh, like a
6: rule yeah. amongst themselves, and they're like, "All right, look, guys, all right, for every tenth person, for every tenth unarmed person that gets shot, we're all going to agree that that one's bad." If they would even if they <laughs> would even give that ground, just a system, <laughs> like people wouldn't wouldn't fuck fuck with cops yes. as much as they do.
5: <laughs> right? I think about like I think about again like the street part is like at some point one of the shot callers are going to come from jail, right? So one of the OGs are going to be like, all right, parliament, you know what I'm saying? And I know that's what happened in L.A. That's why drive-by stopped. It's because the OGs made the call from prison like, hey, this is, and I hate to say it, but they were like, look, this is just not G. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just, what are you doing? Like, you can't just drive, you hitting innocent people. Like, this is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And that was because... The gang check the gang, like you know what I'm saying, like and if you have somebody in your hood that's mouthing off, like like you know Bamboo's cousin, there was always a big homie I could call and be like, hey, I don't know what's up with this fool. Like, uh, look, I mean we we handled it. Like we went down there, we did what we had to do, but like, God, this fool. Like he set us. Like we didn't we didn't have to have this problem, because this guy was like hollering, and then that dude's gonna check him and be like, all right, tell him come over. You know what I'm saying? So like. Like, like you said, like there is, it's weird, but there is an infrastructure in some way with just like street shit. Yeah.
4: yeah. So I learned a lot from Behind the Police about how police unions kind of operate to shield folks from accountability mm-hmm. and keep folks on the job to sort of close the ranks up in these ways. Did Was there anything else from... Um, you're working on that show that really stuck out to you as like a highlight of like a piece of history you learned about the way police operate that was new to you
5: yeah I think that like the, the the things that really stuck out to me was like the difference between what was happening in the north and what was happening in yes. the south and then how they were different but how they were interconnected right, right. like you know the 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 north you know was what the research that we saw was like, It was really about, like, protecting sort of, like, property. Right, yeah,
4: the first police departments came about to break up, like, labor strikes and to, like, protect capital. And they were operating similarly in the South with slave patrols that turned into police departments protecting capital in a different way.
5: Yeah, exactly. So the the capital was just humans.
4: The capital (laughs) was just us.
5: (laughs) Yeah, you know. uh, so, So I think that, like, that sort of, like, differences and sort of like the, the, the mind bender it was when you had sort of like labor unions striking and then the, the, the companies hiring free black people.
4: That's the, that's like, like the M. Night Shyamalan twist
5: yeah. on it.
4: What do you like say? What?
5: I don't know what to say about this one. You know Because, yeah. because, and, and then, and it's like how that stoked so many, like, even, even a divide even further between poor people in general, you know what I'm saying? But like, I, and and it's like, dude, how do you, how do you untangle that? Like, these are, these are free slaves that are just like, yo, you mean to tell me you going to pay me to work? That sounds great. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and being like, and there, and from their perspective, not even understanding why anyone would possibly strike. Like, why mm-hmm. would you, why would you do that? You know what I mean? And um, just that, that juxtaposition, just that moment in history, I think, was, like, the most, like, one, I didn't know it, and then two, it was just like, dude, like, you, you can't, like, history is just so, it's man-girls, it's so entangled and, and twisted, yeah.
4: And yeah I, had, I had been aware of the way that, like, the white and black working class had been kind of pitted against each other to protect capital yeah. and how that is like kind of hampered labor, labor struggles, particularly in the South historically. But I did not know about that particular piece of the history. Yeah. yeah. Like, damn, our own people sort of that, like came and undermined the movement sheesh. for a little second.
5: Sheesh, you know? And it's like, I, I just, like, you can't, it just reminded me of like, and I know it's trivial, but it just reminds me of like the the um, Breaking Bad <clears throat> series to where you're like, I don't know whose side I'm on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're, whether it's like Walter or Skyler, I'm like, I, damn, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Yeah. So it really like, it really, it really threw that section like really threw me for a loop. And then it was like, but one of the takeaways I really appreciated about this event is like, or that, that series is that, all of those things that poor people or people of color, and specifically Black people, have kind of just known, but had no receipts mm-hmm. for. I feel like, yo, you're not crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here, here is eight hours of receipts. Yeah, you know yeah. that, like. So I, I just, I appreciate. like Robert. Like Robert was like, man, I mean, he did the Lord's work for this one. Like he did, he did. A, I mean the the lifting of the receipt of the of the research you know and um yeah i just get like that feeling of being like listen we have something we've given to the culture that's going stay in, you know let's go that's here forever you know
0: Go to Nix.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts.
1: Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show.
4: So now, so for today, we're gonna look at some well-known and some less well-known songs addressing yeah. uh, the police.
6: In specific, I wanted to pick songs that were more or less about police corruption.
4: The first being Jay Dillo's "Fuck the Police." Okay, so what do
5: you? What are your thoughts about uh, "Fuck the Police" bro? I mean, first of all, I just. I'm already like a Dilla nerd, you know. So yes, there's yes. that, right? <laughs> uh, I think like I think that the, the interest of, the one of one of the things that's so interesting about about this particular song is like you know the backstory. Y'all heard the backstory about it. Mm-mm. That like you know he he was apparently he was working on an album for Busta Rhymes, and <gasps> his basement got raided. You know, at Mom Duke's house. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, like, called, his basement got raided, they destroyed tapes, they destroyed, like, they destroyed so much stuff. So that night, he made that song because the police just, like, raided his mom's house because they heard something, you know what I'm saying? So, so and Dilla being who he is, like, you know, in the beginning stages of his lupus and just all this stuff was happening, like, so, like, the backstory behind this song for me makes it even that much more, like...
3: No, Not Dilla.
5: you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like know. it's like it's yeah. like fresh it's fresh
6: palpable anger yes. and shit like that should just happen yeah
5: and you can hear to me it's like you can hear that in this song that it's like it,
6: it's very it's definitely angry yeah you know? it definitely like, it's definitely reactionary Yeah,
5: this just happened you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah. and and yeah so for me it's like that's why it's always been such a like um such a, 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 a stickler for me. And it's just like, you know, we, you, obviously we had the NWA one, but like this was so like, it was such a B-boy swing because it was Della yeah. that it became, for me, more, more of an anthem, even though I'm an L.A. boy. That song came. And then
6: also around the, around
5: like the time that I was
6: coming up, um, at some point they ended up using the instrumental for this for some anime. I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it, Sam, was it Samurai Champloo?
4: I can like when I re-listen to it, I can hear
6: the yeah. We'll, but I'll, like I'll,
4: I don't remember. Yeah,
6: I'll go back and find out. But it was one of those yeah. joints they used to play on Adult Swim. But I just remember like you would you would hear it because all of my old homies were watching that yeah. that show. So you would hear that beat, and then b boys would always break to it. It was definitely and then I a remember the first song. time yep. I heard. The first time I heard the song and heard the lyrics in it, I was like, oh fuck, the song's like about something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, I was just hearing the instrumental for years. I,
5: I, I, <laughs> yeah, nah, this was definitely like, you know, the the the, the cypher song. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. little groovers would just like, you know, hit the hit the hit the middle of the circle and start doing their freestyle dance. Cause because it, it's just so just that first those first eight bar, uh, first eight like bars are just so big, you know?
4: All right, up next we got uh big L the
3: enemy
1: featuring Fat Joe. that mad you me of names to hurt my pride just mad because I'm a cat
6: so I think I think the theme the overall theme for that one it kind of is like um you know we're we're legit now we're successful so we're not really like committing crimes anymore but big L chooses like convey that message like almost entirely through his interaction with police and like how that yeah. harassment is like carried on from before he was famous to now being famous
5: it's this like dual consciousness right it's right. like okay so we uh, you know we understand you know i mean you know crack sales isn't good <laughs> you know what I mean? like this wasn't this wasn't good for us you know but at the same time you know we understand that you know this stuff didn't happen in a vacuum you know and 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 it wasn't necessarily the desired route for everyone, you know, just like trying to figure out like what's the best way to do this. And then when you get to a place to where you're like, OK, I could put these were, you know, these were crimes of survival. They weren't nobody scrubbing them clean. I'm not saying that these weren't bad things, you know, done, but I, but we're out of it now,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you know, and um, just that letdown of like, but it's. It's, but it's the money same. Money can't save you. you know, we're yeah, still treated money the can't same. save you yes. at all. It's yes, it's the same. I'm still seeing the same. You know, um, the 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 yeah, like the hard part of being like, I I, I remember, it's like I you, we can't clean up enough. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. There's no. This is not our respectability politics. Right, yeah, works. we like, dress up if in I suits put on a nice and suit. and go get bitten by yeah. dogs
4: and fire hose and beaten whip batons. It, it makes yeah, no and difference. it's like the yes. same thing where like uh class, you know, we have all these class aspirations. Um, as hip hop artists, like it's a part of our a class aspiration it's a part of our culture. But these things can't yeah. can't save you because ultimately you still you have the mark yeah. of the streets on you when you roll down the yeah. street, when you, you know, get yeah. pulled over. They're going to immediately be like, where's the gun at? Are you selling rocks? Like, all of these kinds of things.
6: They're going to be scared of you the same way and have the same sort of reaction and irrational fear and shit, like,
4: regardless. Yeah. What I think about when I listen to the song is, like, I feel like if, if, like, um, how do I say this? Like, there's a lot of interesting ways that hip-hop acts as, like, journalism, for conditions on the ground for people of color and you know you have a lot of songs that sort of impressionistically capture like life on the streets in terms of like what you see in your surroundings people standing out on the street corner altercations going down things that are happening in your home and then you have this other kind of subgenre and it's funny that you brought up like oh this is jay-z before jay-z because i think like 99 problems has a very similar um structure as this song in terms of like it being an anecdote of a personal account of a of an yeah. interaction with police. And this is very common encounter of like specifically getting like pulled over. And like, you know, ask all these questions. <laughs> kind of like you were talking about at the beginning. Like, where your mama stay at? Like, where you- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, going? Where you going? Or are you big? <laughs> yeah. um, and so I- I'd love one day to like take a look at songs in this like, I don't know, this subcategory, this classification of these like personal accounts of this kind of interaction because similar to like yeah. Shakespeare had its sonnets and then, you know, it's like love poems, et cetera. This is like a special kind of hip hop song that you see over and over again.
6: <laughs> oh, well, can we can we just take one second just to comment on just how ill that Big L versus I mean,
4: good like, lord! It's
6: this the this, this shit just makes you want to like, yo, why am I rapping? Yeah, all right,
4: all right. Our next song is KRS One, "Sound of the Police." This is so dope. Like the parallel between with the overseer and the officer. Yo, that, was go- that was the one thing so I was so going to say. No, do you want to talk about astute? That shit is astute. That was the one. Yeah, the, the Overseer rode around the plantation. Officer, off patrolling all the nation. Overseer could stop you. With, what you doing?
5: Oh, man. Officer will point you over like,
4: just when he's pursuing.
5: It didn't hit me until, it hit me until I was much mm-hmm. older when he was going, Overseer, 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 Overseer. Officer, officer, officer. I was like, oh. <laughs> Especially yeah. back then, you are like, oh, did
6: you hear what Karis was said?
5: Yeah. I was like, oh, he's the greatest rapper. Yeah. I remember when he did that, I was like, oh, yeah,
2: this
6: is him. Yeah. Oh, there was um recently, I think just the other day, Kanye West put out a new song. And um, the beginning of it had, it was like a recording of his mother Reciting the lyrics for the song. Oh, what? Yeah, it's
5: really it's
3: yeah. Really...
4: Dope. You want to go on to the next one? Oh, I mean, do we? Did we? What else? What about? What any else about any other thoughts on this one? I mean, it's it's you know it I is. Mean, I, think, so I you know for overseer officer thing, and then he kind of puts it in its, like, historical context with, like, the lineage of policing, yeah. when at the end he's like, my grandfather had to deal with the cops, my great-grandfather had to deal with the cops, my great-great-grandfather yeah. had to deal with the cops, and then my great-great-great-great one are gonna to stop?
5: Totally. And I think, uh, again, like, uh, you know, so, so Dilla's, you know, Dilla's Fuck the Police was more around my adulthood to where I understood what mm-hmm. was happening. You know, the sound of the police, like that was more my yeah. childhood. So I didn't really, really understand what he was saying. I, you know what I'm saying? I, feel that. I, um, I mean, I got it because I knew like, I knew I ain't like the police, you know what I'm saying? No, I feel um, that heavy. Like I, it,
6: it, To me, it's like um, like sound of the police. Like when I was a kid, it was kind of like a movie almost, right, where you knew it was kind of, you knew yeah. it was based on real shit, but there was like a certain yes. like disconnect from it. Whereas, like the yeah. Dilla shit, like I was in my 20s when that was going on. Yes, like, I, that exactly. shit was like actually happening to me. Like, niggas is getting.
5: <laughs> exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't happening to me when KRS yeah. was doing it. But when Dilla was doing it, I was like, yeah, I got, yes, that's
6: happening. Oh, I got happening. the perfect, like, yeah. Sound of the Police is Godfather. And Jay Dilla's Fuck the Police is Goodfellas. Bang. <laughs>
4: perfect. Perfect. That's All
0: right, up next, we got Cypress Hill looking through the eyes
4: of the cop. I think this one might be unique among hip-hop songs for...
6: The perspective? The
4: perspective.
6: Yeah, I mean, definitely for... Uh, no, nah, I, I think I have heard some um, other songs where people were rapping from the perspective of the cop, but this is definitely a standout one of the crop, that's for sure.
4: It gets so personal. Wake up in the morning, kiss my wife goodbye, hug my kids, tell them I love them, I'm out, hit the ride. Like, kind of like it's a little uncomfortable. I think, given the current discourse of like, you know, like the labor movement are trying to like kick cops out and like the violence that we see on social media and in the news, um, and then the, like the thin blue line people want to bring up like, oh, they have a family and they got kids. But like, it's really hard to put yourself actually into that. Mind frame of like someone that could perpetrate such just villainy.
5: Yeah, and that's that's the part. It's
4: a more nuanced picture of the situation. Yeah,
5: and that's what makes the disconnect so much harder to swallow. Yeah, when you're like, yeah, exactly. You have a family. You have children. You understand how how broken you would be to lose someone like this
4: like should, should you? you not like, understand yeah
5: you, don't you understand yeah. like you know what i'm saying so it's like so then you, you have to walk away and go okay so my only conclusion is you don't see us as human
4: mm-hmm.
5: yeah. you know what i mean like because you just told me you got a family of children so you understand
4: yeah and one you of know, the things i yeah. learned like in working in local government you know when i came into it with this um Mindset that, like, okay, it's me versus the enemy, which is all these conservatives that are perpetrating all this white supremacy. And then you get there, and they're like, oh, I like your blazer. Oh, what's up? I'm like, hey, would you like to get a beer (laughs) this afternoon? And, like, really nice, cordial, polite people who seem very normal. And it's very disarming. Very disarming. And you kind of forget the mission because people are, like, normal, it turns out. And it makes it harder to focus on the fact that, like, not just how you – convey yourself in terms of niceties, but actually what you do with like the policies yeah. that you either create or you operate under yeah. how you, um, enact like your, you know, form part of systems that are oppressive. Like yeah. that's the judge of character, not not whether or not like, Oh, they kiss his wife goodbye. And like, you know, wave to the folks yeah. at the donut shop on his way to work. It's these, uh, it's this other things like that have to be disaggregated from the civility That like creates this sheen over the whole, the whole scheme of operation sometimes, and it makes it harder to like uh, effectively critique how these things, uh, how these things operate, how these Hmm. things work.
6: Well, I think like another, you know, one of the the I guess insidious, sinisterly ingenious things about like the way some of these like racist systems work is they're kind of established to the point where they don't necessarily need. Like bad actors in order to operate, you know. What I mean, like it—it it can like yes. systemic racism can operate without individual racism being present. You know what I mean? Right.
4: So, for example, it's like a—it's like a, a yeah. the scheme, the modus operandi is like to over police a black community. You're not like going out and specific like, and all the people you encounter in that neighborhood are black. You're not like, oh, I'm not specifically targeting anyone. It's just everyone I, you know, encountered that day and that was doing a crime. I brought them down. But the system has already put you in that scenario where if you operate according to just standard procedure, the outcomes are going to be racist. No matter if you're buying kids ice cream cones or like posing for selfies at the b-ball court with whoever inherently with the way that the policy operates to put you in that scenario in the first place is inherently a tool of oppression. That
5: was the biggest, the biggest takeaway I think of our series, of the Behind the Police series, is that like, the, the racism has taken on a life of its own. Yeah. And I think that that's the part that's hard when it's hard to communicate when we like, listen, I'm not talking about your Uncle Dave, who's a great guy. Like, that's not who I'm talking about, you know? And they're like, well, who are you talking about? It's like, no, okay. How <sighs> do, like, I don't, I just don't understand why you... it's a system, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that is the most insidious part. Like you said, is that like, the, the system of policing, no matter how many good apples you put into it for you to survive in this system you can't stay a good apple, exactly, yeah. because because the system's bad, you know. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. So I think that that's like so important for the discussion and the discourse around like abolition and and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, uh, just criminal justice as a whole. Like we obviously we focus specifically on policing, but the whole thing to where it's like, yeah, there's probably you're you're right. There's a ton of good cops. There's a ton of good judges. You're missing the point, though, you know, and that's and it's it. But it's it's like if you are like function in a world, like you said, of just niceties and that there is a which I found from just understanding, like from a sociological perspective, you know, where the conservative movement in America is trying to get to, or at least in the West. Yeah. You know, I, I cons- conservative liberal they're transitive verbs so it's like you know you're conserving what like liber, liber- you know liberating from what so i'm not going to say all conservatives are this but the the direction that the conservative movement in america is going to is at the end of the day they have an ideal as to how society should look and work they just happen to believe that they're the arbiters of it um whether they know it or whether they know they believe that or not they almost feel like It's like I think that's why like a lot of like Western like evangelicals sort of like, you know, or just just religions specifically would end up leaning conservative because they believe there's a transcendent ideal of how society is supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? It's transcendent. It's like it's not us. It's it's above us. That's the way we're supposed to be. So we should all act like we're supposed to act. You know what I mean? And we're. This is the natural order of things, you know, that was given to us by some sort of transcendent, divine, if you want to call it God, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, conservatism, at least here, believes that there is somewhere out there the answer. And we need to like, and they have figured it out.
6: It's like they try you know to tie it saying? towards like nature, to to that, like this you is know? the natural order of stuff. So going back to the song, I didn't want to, we, we don't want to take us too far off a tangent, but... um. I think that this uh-huh. this song definitely the the Cypress Hill joint. It definitely has like a, a aura of um, like fantasy and entertainment like purposes towards it. Yeah. It doesn't seem as serious to me as like, uh-huh. for example, have uh, we did we had a song on a few weeks ago uh, by a dude named Marlon Kraft, the song called Gang Shit. Yeah, it's like, and he kind of does a similar thing where the first verse he dedicates it solely from the perspective of the cop and it's very it's much more serious it doesn't get like training day with it where it's like seems like you're listening to like a jerry bruckheimer you know crime thriller or something like that uh, which i feel the yeah. cypress hill song kind of does the Cypress, I don't, I don't i don't really take away from the cypress hill song that it's like a serious like political statement of a song It's
4: like a socio-political message at all it's just like
6: it's a it just, creative
4: writing exercise and inhabiting a different yeah. perspective
6: Sounds like you, it. Sounds like you, yeah. He just sounds like he was just picking a character to like to to do. It a could song have like easily
4: that. been a sanitation worker or yeah. like a shoemender or something. Like
6: a serial killer or something. You yeah, know or I mean? ser-
4: yeah. In terms it, of like, oh, the shock it, value it, of like looking into this different worldview or this different lifestyle for a second.
5: And I think B-real's like tone and his like lyrical ability at the time of this song, like it, it's hard. It's hard to commute. I don't even think if he was trying to be serious. He wasn't developed as an artist well enough to to, to communicate that, that yeah. at this moment in his career. You know what I'm saying? As he got further along, it was just like, oh, like be real. Is like we need to cement him in, in in the canon. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think at the time, it was it was still just this like Southgate like. Hey, you could just kill a man. You know, back the band, back the band, back the band. You know what I mean? It was just this like. You know just this like dj mugs just this like four by four you know just rhyme pattern that like he just had he hadn't developed yeah. it yet you know what i'm saying um so i i i want to give him that to where it's like same thing because i feel the same way it's like i kind of feel like maybe you were getting there but like i i don't know i just it feels a little more lighthearted. yeah
6: well that's gonna i think that's gonna do it for us today for the music discussion you know i wanted to thank you propaganda for coming through our show Hey can you uh tell the people where they can find you?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh you can find me at Prop Hip Hop. That's all of my socials and um and uh, it's my website too, prophiphop.com. Uh there's also a little thing we're doing for coffee and black people. Uh it's called which is backslash coffee Uh you know coffee only grows at the equator, right? So like so and who live at the equator? <laughs> like, oh. So uh so we just got a collection of like, you know, like buy PLC, like roasters and, and shops that like if you, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a coffee dude. So like just ways to support like smaller roasters that are like doing the good work. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah.
4: Well, thank you so much for coming on today. My
5: pleasure. This is the dopest. I, I, I said yes off the strength of the name of the pod. I was like, <laughs> let's go. Yes. I want to be on this.
6: Well, shit, we're starting a little tradition of, uh, you know, spitting bars to open up and close out the show. So I think uh, you're going to be our first guest spitter with us today. Yo, let's get a beat. Let's get this shit popping.
5: Glad me on the show, though. Yeah, we dodge bullets from Damos And boys in blue, that's all we knew Red rags and badges all the same when it came through Flaming through the gardens and jungles Like where you stay at You don't look familiar, won't play that homie. say that? What's that tat? Oh, you run with that other click, right? We seen you the other night, thuggin' right uh, And I'ma need some ID And the reason you round these parts on set We got the burners on deck Oh, uh, we prayed for his life like little unarmed me He done called for backup, here come his uh. army And odds are, if you in our far from the hood, they pulled up in a squad car. Say your odds
4: I'm are. I'm losing cool over nothing. I'm losing count of the commas. Jacuzzi pool, I'm rumbling to the sound of the samba. Thunder clouds of ganja you got you coughing like what they bury you underground. I'm down in vodka mix with Hugo They on her like it's puppy chowing. I'm Woo. the hunting hound. Bark, bark, bitch. Let me off the leash and take several seats on the park bench. Look me in the eyes. What you know about darkness? Please call the police. Darrin's in the squad of cars. they gonna in. throw us
6: in the pee now. Why, nigga's sitting up? I got a bus of freestyle 45 on TV talking like you see now I'ma go and cure the world's like I was in Green Mound now, I'm not a politician, I'm not a fucking actor Whatever you think of asking, I do it for the rappers I don't got a pocket pissing and I don't have a master So I don't be singing, dancing the cooling for the crackers I hope that you don't get a fin. let's take it as just pretend If you touch my microphone, then hello to my little friend I'm reloaded, it's just too crazy Waiting on reparations, like fuck you pay me, dope Yo, my name is Dope Knife.
4: I'm Lingua Franca.
6: And we are Waiting waiting on on Reparations. reparations. See you next week.
4: See you next week.
6: Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio.
4: Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.